Hi friends, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee with Shay. I am your host, as always, the lovely Shy. So today's episode is actually really exciting because we have a special guest star. I am not going to bring her in just yet because we have to talk about some life updates and I have to, of course, tell the podcast what is going on with my life and who am I now at this point, what era am I in, and as always, I have to spill the tea, even though this is a coffee podcast, there is still some tea here. So today, I am not going to get into like too much of the tea just in this section of the episode, but I'm going to get into some of it later on with our special guest star as she has some similar background and experiences as I do. And so we're going to go ahead and get into some of that later. But I want to preface this by saying everything that I talk about is not at all affiliated with any said employer or any person These are just my own personal experiences and how I feel about the personal experiences and how I just address everything. So with that said, just a reminder that this is my viewpoint of how things went. Uh, Other people are allowed to have their own viewpoint and as always, we know that there are my side, their side, and the truth. And I could be telling the truth, the other person could be telling the truth, that is just our truth. So as always, just want to preface that because uh, there's a little bit of tea that's going to be spilt today on this podcast episode and I just want to be cognitive of the people that I am talking about because the relationships that I've built with some people are important and I want to keep those relationships but also I recognize um, toxicity and toxicity needs to obviously be called out. So anyways, getting into it. What is the tea? Uh, Well, I no longer work for our local university that we have here where I'm from. And that was my choice. I did not get fired did not get let go, nothing like that. Uh, I actually put in my two weeks and started a new position and a new company. And a lot of the reason that I made that choice is because I felt that the environment that I was in, not the job itself, because the job itself was really great. I love working with students. It was never a student's fault. However, it was the fault of the environment that I was in. And I didn't enjoy the toxicity. I didn't enjoy the gossiping. I didn't enjoy the drama. I didn't enjoy everything that went on behind the scenes, behind my back. And a lot of big things happened while I was there. I was only there for seven months. And a lot of big things happened in the last like two months that I worked there, more like months that I worked there. And a lot of turnover and people being let go and what's going to happen and people being moved to new departments and stuff like that and it was just not the environment that I wanted to be in. As you kind of all know, I've struggled kind of really since the beginning of in that being in that position. 
the environment. I am going to spill some tea later about some things that happened, but because now I can talk about it and I'm out of that environment and there's my side, there's their side, and there's the truth. And this is my truth and these are my things that I have that I believe happened. And so the environment just wasn't healthy for me to grow in. And so I wanted to work from home anyways. As you should know by now, if you follow me on any social media, my partner and I are looking at moving to Florida in May. The reason that we are moving, because oh, a lot of people are like, why would you randomly move to Florida? And what's the purpose behind this? And yada, yada, yada. And uh, people have their opinions about it. However, um, the reason that we're moving is my partner's entire family basically lives there. And by entire family, I mean like the immediate family. So grandparents, aunt, mom and dad, and brother all live down there. And so it's important for us to be spending time with them. I absolutely love and adore his family. They're my family. I definitely would call them my in-laws at this point, even though we're not engaged or married. Uh, that's his fault. That's not my fault. I have told him about 50 million times that we could just go and elope at the courthouse and I would be happy with it. But of course, even though we are eloping when we go to get married, he wants the whole shebang with the wedding ring and all that stuff. I said that could all wait and we could just go get married and not have to deal with all the other extra, but it's whatever. Um, just waiting for the right time. He is, I guess. And so his family is super important to me. They're exactly the people that I want to be around. It's an environment that's very healthy for me. As you should all know by now, my family is not a healthy environment for me. My family is very toxic and there's so much bullshit that happens in my family and I'm just so over it. And so I'm ready to be around family that like actually genuinely really cares about you and actually wants to be loving and take care of you and be there for you because his family does do a lot for us and they're so helpful. So that is why we're moving to Florida. I am excited. I want to move to Florida. I actually was the one that convinced my partner that we should move to Florida. I looked at him and I was like, hey, do you want to move to Florida? And this was after his grandpa was like, we're going to sell the house and we're going to move to Florida. So grandpa and grandma moved to Florida and then his aunt was like, you know what, I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to move to Florida too. So she also was like, I'm going to move to Florida. And so then I was like, dude, do you want to move to Florida? And I think it kind of took a little bit of convincing, but we're at the point of looking at apartments. I already have a position. I already have a new job because I work from home. I can move anywhere that I want in the United States. Uh, so I'm perfectly fine. He right now is just focusing on school and then he's going to be looking for a job at the end of like May, June start, something around there. So hopefully we can find something in Florida uh, or a moat for him or whatever because we have a couple cities surrounding us. And I'm not necessarily going to disclose the exact location unless you are a close friend, but we will be moving near the Tampa area in that kind of little area there. Uh, not exactly going to say where unless you're like following me on social media and you're a close friend. and. 
I'll tell you at that point. However, just safety-wise, it's best to just be like, we're going to move near the Tampa area. And so we're super excited, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, anyways, my work-from-home job has seriously been the biggest savior. I have been working this past week, and it has seriously been so fun. I have loved the team members that I've met already. I've loved the people that I've met already. The company is really nice. Uh, I know where I'm going to be placed at, and I'm still in education, still working in the education realm, the education world. That's not going to go away, but um, it's just from home, which is exactly what I wanted, and I'm glad I got what I wanted and needed because my accommodations, since I have ADHD and bipolar disorder, my accommodations already were like, I get a work from home day and I was trying to push for like two work from home days, but it wasn't really possible with the nature of my job, which is weird because I do my job now from home. Uh, but it wasn't really necessarily the nature of the job. So couldn't work from home two days a week, only did one day, but it was in my accommodations and stuff. So working from home is so much better for me. I have, it's my safe space. I have all my stuff. I don't have to travel. I don't have to like bring a million bags to go do stuff that I need to go do. Uh, so it's just really nice, but I'm enjoying it. Follow along on TikTok because I talk about my work from home experience on TikTok and stuff. So just like my experience in general and like updates and stuff, I usually like to update TikTok and stuff because I know I have a lot of mutuals that care about me. So with all of that said, I can't really give you too much detail. It'll kind of come out within this podcast episode. I am super excited to continue this episode with my special guest, Katie, and I am so excited for this episode. You have no idea. I've been looking forward to this episode since October, and it seriously is just going to be so good. But with that said, let's take a brief pause, and we're going to get into it with our special guest star, Katie, and yeah. Okay, so thank you for that brief pause. So I'm going to go ahead and let our special guests introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about who they are, their background, and I guess kind of why I would want them to be on this podcast. I love that. Hello, my name is Katie, and if I don't know if you will show the video part of this, but if you can, my blind one-eyed kitty is kind of in the back. Her <laughs> name is Clam. She will eventually make her way over here. Um, but I am Katie and I'm a licensed clinical mental health uh, counselor associate. And pretty much what the associate means on that is I'm required to have a supervisor and meet with a supervisor once a week until I am fully licensed. Um, really, the only difference in that is I dropped the A and I'm no longer required to have supervision. It's optional which in exciting news, I get to apply for my full license in actually just a couple of weeks. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I hope everything goes as planned, but yeah, I am a therapist. And is there anything in particular you would like me to talk about like my education or? 
Yeah, so we'll get into those questions kind of when we get to the end, but you can kind of give us the background of like, this is my bachelor's, this is why I decided to get into, um, you know, being a therapist and stuff. So you can talk about that a little bit. Okay, cool. So I have my associate's degree in um, human services technology. That is not a requirement. That was solely because, uh, A, I could not afford to go straight into a university. And honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to get severely in debt before I even knew the career path that I wanted. Um, I did know I wanted to do something with psychology. So that was kind of my entryway because it was a lot of psychology courses. Um, and then I have my bachelor's. My bachelor's is in Oh my God, what is my bachelor's in? I just blanked. <laughs> Hold on, I have, no, it's not in here. I have to like, I have like it's, a whole speech since I did all these interviews of being like, my bachelor's I, is in educational studies, <laughs> concentration psychology. I graduated in 2019. Like I have to like get into it. So everyone at this point is probably just tired of hearing my speech. <laughs> I haven't had to do an interview in a hot second. So I'm like, oh, my camera went out. So I'm like, damn, what did I get my bachelor's in? Um, I feel like it was psychology. <laughs> it so long ago. I, I want to say it was probably like my bachelor's in human services and psychology or something like that. It's on my website. So if you need to know for sure, it is on there. Um, the one that I guess really matters is my master's in clinical mental health counseling. And um, I graduated from Northwestern University. So great school um however my brain at the time was like that'll look really great on my resume and also I was the first person in my family to a go to college let alone go to grad school so I shot really high and just know that you don't have to listen we celebrate first gens here in this <laughs> but yeah that's a little bit about my education um I own my own private practice called Rebellious Therapy uh, here in North Carolina. Um, I actually just celebrated my one year with my own private practice in February, at the beginning of February, actually. That is so exciting. Look, we love a boss, babe. We do. We We really do. do. In in the words of my partner, he calls everyone like a girl boss for some reason. So we're all just girl bossing out here. We really are. And you know what? We should be. As we should. As you should. Uh, so that's funny that you talk about having your own practice. And the reason I say it's funny is because we're kind of going to get into the tea of why do you even have your own practice? And as we, as I stated earlier in my podcast, in the intro, I stated I was going to spill some tea too, because you have tea, I have tea, because we have both been burned by toxic workplaces. Yes. And in the words of Coffee with Shay we don't dream of labor. We don't dream of work at all. So we're going to talk about those toxic workplaces. But first, we have to get into like, what are we drinking? What is the coffee of the day? What is the coffee of the week? And I'm so excited. So I have been waiting for you to ask that. So what are you drinking? So this is my beautiful mug. It's my cat mug. It has cats on it, by the way. It does. It's got little Valentine's Day cats. And obviously, I've listen to your podcast and I went out and I bought not went out it was online um the Chamberlain coffee and I got the matcha which I had a cup of that earlier and it was really good and then I got a bag 
of, I know what it is. Let me open this box. It's of the cat one. It's the pink one. No. Oh, was it? I, I love all of the blends. I've had almost all of them. The Carolus Cat Blend. I think I got a bag of that. And then I have these little instant ones. And this one is this, actually. Carolus Cat. That is the one I'm drinking. Perfect. Perfect. But I have this beautiful, lovely <laughs> box that I had to make sure that I brought. If Chamberlain Coffee ever wants to, like, advertise on my podcast, I would yes. I would shit myself, actually. I hope that she does. Miss <laughs> <really> do. <laughs> Chamberlain, please, please. Sponsor uh, her. I need to. So we are drinking Chamberlain coffee. I actually made some cold brew of Chamberlain coffee, but I'm not drinking it today. I'm drinking Nespresso with some Ooh. caramel in it. That sounds good. I love Nespresso. A little sweet too. Uh, so I just poured two shots over uh, ice and then add a little caramel to it. Did you hear that uh, Pedro Pascal drinks like 10 shots of espresso over ice? <laughs> yes, I saw his Starbucks order and I was like, sir, he, you okay? It's giving ADHD to the back, <laughs> needing to function in some sort of way. I, I love his interviews. I need the stimulation. That's what yeah. he's saying. Like, instant. Uh, it cracked me up. I saw that order. My my partner had sent it to me on TikTok. And I was like, you know, that's the guy who plays on The Mandalorian. And he was like, yeah. no. And I was like, yeah, that is. And he knows nobody. Not, not knowing. He knows nobody at all. I, I We watched Catwoman last night and like the Halle Berry version. So we watched yeah. the, good, the real good version. Good and he was like, when the leather came out, he was just like, let me look every other direction because I can't look at her in this leather outfit right now. So like, half, like the, half the movie, he was like, this is an audience. <laughs> okay, so getting into the tea, why yeah. do you have a private practice? Tell us what happened. So such an interesting question. Legally, I, I will say no names, obviously. obviously. I don't want it sued, but... I was working with a gentleman that I had worked with during uh, my grad school, like my last year of grad school. Um, I didn't really think too much of it because I did unfortunately have to finish my last year of grad school completely virtual. So my uh, my internship had to be online because of COVID. Um, so I didn't really get a whole lot of one-on-one -on -one time with him in person. Um, so when I started working and I worked there for a little over two years, I believe, uh, I just saw a lot of really bad things, um, wow. witnessed a lot of really unethical things and kind of the, the straw is that, wait, is this the saying the straw on the camel's back? It's the that straw that broke the camel's back. That. Yeah. The last straw for me was at the time this person decided to merge with a church and didn't feel the need to really inform us that that was what was happening and kept fibbing so, so put it nicely fibbing and saying that it wasn't when it was very clear it was and when I tried to get more information uh because I'm not a religious counselor I'm not a Christian counselor and that was kind of the direction it seemed to be moving in and it's his practice um totally within his rights to do that However, when you are dealing with a, 
a pretty big group practice, not informing people of that so that clients can like become aware. Yeah. Um, 100% unethical and should not happen. And there was just some businesses within the church that I was like, no. So I decided to leave. Uh, and it happened a little quicker than I anticipated. Sorry, that was my partner's Discord thing. This is online games. <laughs> and yeah, long story short, I ended up leaving, starting my own practice. And I had to move completely virtual because... I'm going to sip my coffee after this. A grown man decided to threaten me. And I went, oh, sir, I don't think so. Uh, So I packed my office in one hour while his staff watched and kept an eye out so that they could text me in case if he came out and he saw. um, They are no longer there. So he couldn't do anything about it anyways. But they kept an eye out for me and I packed my office in an hour and I went home and I hired a lawyer. That is so noble of you because to be honest I wish I I would have done the same thing and uh I've had positions I am not gonna say my last position but maybe my last one um I gave like a week and a half's notice and really like didn't even deserve that like let's just say like two notices are courtesies they are not mandatory they really are and I wish more people looked at it like that because a lot of individuals think that you have to give that type of notice. And in reality, you don't. No. No, at all. And speaking of unethical things, oh my gosh, I watched so many unethical things happen. One time I was in a conversation and and we're just gonna bounce back and forth, but one time I was in this conversation and we talked about leading with compassion versus compliance. And being in the educational world, you have to like education, psychology, whatever you're in, when you're working with other people, you have to lead with compassion. They were like, no, everything needs to be led with compliance. How can I be compassionate towards my students? Like, how can I be compassionate towards the people that I work with? And like, we're trying to justify not being compassionate people to the people they work with. That is, that is insane to me. Like, I, I really don't understand how individuals get to that type of mindset. Like, a, we have an agenda? Yes. You are you are working with, with kids. You are working with, with adults. You, whoever you're working with, students, whatever, in, especially yeah. in the education world, you have to lead with compassion. And the fact right. that they were just like, no, <laughs> compliance is like, and, and we're just trying to justify, Ooh. like, leading with compliance. And I, I told a personal story like of one time I led with compliance and it ended up like the student, it was a whole mess of everything. And the student got themselves eventually like out of the school and didn't really necessarily blame me, but I blamed myself because I was like, I led with compliance instead of compassion with a student for once. And that was not an ethical thing that I did that I felt like was okay. And just right. to, like have other people be like compliance is the way not compassion especially working in education and it's not the first toxic workplace you know we have actually listeners listen to this we have tried to make this podcast since october but you want to know why we couldn't because i can now spill the tea my social media was reported to my employer and they told them that I was making videos mocking my employer and mocking my employment, which I was not. I was doing workplace humor because everyone does on TikTok. 
and stop, I had to beg. I had to beg to keep my job. I, no. I literally cried begging, like, to keep my job because of my social media. Did they try to get you to, like, go off social media completely? Basically, we're like, you need to be watching what you're saying. You can't film in your office. You can't film during work hours, even if you're on break or lunch. Like, you can't film at all. And I was like, okay, well, I can't even film my podcast because I can't talk about what's happening in my life. Right. I would have been very curious to see if that was, like, even in your contract or if they just decided to randomly make those rules up. It was not in my contract at all. Um, And And they they really tried. They had to go to HR and, like, double check to make sure that they could even get me in trouble for something like that. So, Did you ever find out who it was? I did not. And they swear up and down that not it was so it was the big boss that I had gotten in trouble with that I had to talk to but my direct report swears up and down they don't know who reported and I don't think it was a student okay I'm going unless they have like an anonymous report type thing which a lot of places surprisingly don't have I'm like okay either it was anonymous or they're so full of it and they did know they just didn't want to like tell you who no, they did not want to That's tell me who. So and shady. Which is shady because I wanted to block the student if I knew who the student was and blocked them. But it was totally super shady situation. And yeah. this is why we haven't been able to film this podcast because I've had to be silent on like social media, silent on my podcast. And it literally took away my complete freedom of speech Yeah, and couldn't say anything. So unethical things happen in toxic workplaces and I was like let's talk about toxic workplaces I am so glad you brought it up because this is something uh, very similar happened to me where I didn't like necessarily get put in the position of not being allowed to talk but I there was a major legal aspect of it Mm -hmm. Uh, and I can talk a little bit about it now but something very similar happened where I had to be very quiet about it because uh, we were putting together a lawsuit. We were potentially going to sue this individual, take some, take them to court. Um, because long story short, this person decided to steal uh, thousands of dollars from me unethical. to try and so unethical and reimburse himself when, like, I'm sorry, he was stupid. <laughs> he didn't put it in his contract. I'm like, not my fault. Nope. Um, that I had to be very, very careful with what I was posting, what I was talking about. So I only got to talk about this with like three people. And one was my partner and two of my closest friends. And outside of that, I had to keep very quiet because I didn't want to potentially jeopardize the lawsuit if we had to like fully move forward with it. Um, and oh, God, this it's ugh, so frustrating. Frustrating. It's so frustrating it's, that they get away with it too. They do. Every time, and I don't know uh, if you had this experience, but one thing that like blew my mind was finding out how many people this same exact thing happened to and how many people, people, these, these toxic bosses got away with just screwing over. And it's yes frustrating. I'm like, oh my gosh. So frustrating. I don't want to speak on anyone else's experience because I don't want to out those people, but I have talked to a lot of people. And just recently, somebody who was like, um, 
oh, I don't even know, like gossiped about all that kind of, like I'm trying to explain how they, they made really rude remarks about this person who used to work in the same position I did. Mm. The, like the big boss had made yeah. rude remarks and stuff. And you know, the funny thing is <laughs> when the big boss got fired, guess who took her spot? Stop. The person that they trusted <laughs> and made fun of is now their boss. And you know what? It's like full circle. Karma. It's, it's full a full, it's literally a full circle of karma. They're These individuals. The day they deserve. I love that. <laughs> love that. And you know what? That sucks for them that they have to continue to be, I'm not going to cuss, but crappy people in crappy positions. Crappy people, crappy positions. And <laughs> it was just so funny because I was like, now you you get to you get to experience what I experienced for so long. And the thing is, is like, the, this is the only way I stuck it to myself. You had a lawsuit happening, which was like super, super, I wish I could do this because they did break my ADA accommodations every single day. They broke my ADA accommodations. I'm not lying. I could have sued them for this. And I went to HR about it too. And they were like, well, yeah, if things aren't working out, like you need to come back to us and talk to us about them breaking your ADA accommodations. And I learned that there was a big email sent out by somebody who used to work there, doesn't work there anymore because they probably got fired. It was, yeah. it was, a, a supervisor that I, you know, had some troublesome with, the, the one that reported my social media. And so I was like, you don't get to play the victim here. And so I right. sent an email to their head boss that that was that who they had and was like, this person bullied me for months on end. I watched her degrade her colleagues. Like I sent a long email giving evidence of all the things she did to me and she did to other people. And like, while he didn't fully give me like a big response back, he did apologize for my experience and how much like, like what yeah. I went through during then. I was like, this feels so validating. Thank you. But I had wished that I'd stuck up to myself more and would have done something like that. It's, it's so hard because I, I even, I went back and forth with if I really wanted to do it because it was expensive and I was in a position where I felt very privileged to be able to even access that and pay for it because so many people Absolutely. don't. And then the more individuals that I talked to, I'm not even exaggerating. I ended up speaking to seven or eight different people who they wanted to go that route. They just, they could not afford it. And the same thing was happening where this individual was taking thousands of dollars from these people. And if you're already having that much money withheld from you and the, on the contrary, I know a lot of people think that therapists just make tons of money. We don't. And so we're already working on not like massively small salaries, but we're not making tons and it's really difficult to afford those types of things. Um, and I really went back and forth with trying to figure out if I really wanted to do it. Was it worth the money? And I went, you know what? I had X amount of money saved and that was to open up my private practice. And I went, if, if this could even get this man on the radar of the board, insurance companies, like whatever it might be, yes. I'm going to do it. So that this doesn't happen to anyone else coming straight out of grad school or who think, oh, 
this is just going to be like a, a group practice where I, I don't really have to report to somebody quite as often. I'm like, no, it's not happening. And I just, I went for it. And I was like, if I can keep this from happening from other people, that just makes me feel even the slightest bit better. I regardless think, of. I think the problem is those people get into like the victim complex where they think they're the victim in the situation, but then they're like really creating victims. 100%. And like, I, I hate I'm like a strong sense of justice person. So when I see something like that happen, I have to do something. But I like you, you and I were not those people that couldn't afford were not in positions in order to to like do that. Like it definitely right. was a privilege and like just just an email explaining what the person did wrong, like to somebody who's in charge, like just something like that can can go a long way just somebody getting held accountable for their actions Absolutely. and showing that that is not something that's going to be just swept under the rug or ignored. And it doesn't need Long to way. be like anything super, super powerful. You know, like you right. went for the big thing because that was money. Had it not right. been like money, I could see you doing something, you know, like same thing, email or something like that. Just some way to like still hold the person accountable. There are so many ways. Like I just want anyone who's listening, who's dealing with like a toxic workplace to know that like there are so many ways to get out of that toxic workplace um, and to hold those people accountable. I know that they say HR is not your friend, but try to utilize HR as much as you can. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. Okay, as much as I want to talk about toxic workplace the whole time, we do have like questions and I kind of want to go into more of like more therapy things just because yep. that's who I am with and I want to pick that brain. So I'm we have questions, but we are going to go ahead and take a brief pause for in a brief ad and then we're going to get back into the questions. Yep. Recording stopped. Okay, so recording is stopped. So we're going to end this and then go to the next meeting. Okay, perfect. Okay, so thank you for listening to that brief ad. Remember, every time that you listen to that ad, it's a couple cents in my pocket. It's not really that much. <laughs> it's not that much, but it's a couple cents in my pocket. We've got to get some sponsors in here. We really do. We do. I need to be like, uh, is it Jenna Padleck or something like that? She does the Fun on the Weekends podcast or something like that. And she like has a uh, Macy's, because she, she just talked about this. So she has a Macy's sponsorship for like a whole 12 months. And I know she's in her bag. I know she's in her bag. Oh, and she is. And you know what? I love Macy's. They have Steve Madden sometimes. And I'm like, I love it. So um, maybe one day. Okay, so yeah. this part of the podcast is going to be about questions. So we have a few questions uh, to ask. And that was like the main part of this. We were going to ask about questions and kind of go into that. So the first one is so funny. But why is therapy so expensive? It, that it, It's funny. And it is such a good question. <clears throat> so there are so many different reasons why therapy, typically you're going to see it range anywhere from 100 to 150. Um, depending on your area, it might be a little bit more expensive in the 175 to 200 range. Um, <clears throat> I know for me, 
I used to be paneled with insurance and that was when I was at uh, a group practice. The cut that I was getting, A, I wasn't getting reverse, reversed, <laughs> reimbursed <laughs> too much from insurance as it was. And then I was also having to give the organization I was working with a cut. So by the time I, I left, I was leaving with like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was like 40 bucks. Um, and that's like a 10 hour day, Monday through Friday type of thing. So insurance, that's, that could be like a whole other <laughs> episode because that, there's so much that goes into that. Um, but self-pay wise, uh, I'm assuming maybe this is what the individual was referring to. But for a lot of people who are not paneled with insurance and they are doing a self-pay rate, it's normally going to be anywhere between like 150 for the very first session and then probably like 120 for every session after. Um, the reason, for example, for me, that is that's my rate. And the reason why those are my rates are, and I also, I offer a sliding scale too, um, is because I not only have to pay for uh, my EHR system, which is where like clients go on. It's the system that they use for their portal, uh, telehealth, all of that. I have to pay for that. I have to pay for rent. I have to pay for my insurance. Um, I have to pay for continuing ed. And then every year you have to like renew your license and the board. So on average for me, just like monthly expenses are probably within the two to 3000 range. And those are just bills directly related to my business. Mm -hmm. um, a, every year it's a little bit more expensive because it depends on how many continuing eds that you've taken. Um, so on average, it's quite expensive. So that's typically why the the price range is kind of laid out like that. Um, I, I will say I myself offer a sliding scale. I know many people who are just simply private pay. They also offer reduced prices or sliding scales as well. Mm -hmm. um, and even when I do that, I still go outside of it in, in other, like my downtime and stuff like that in order to create resources to make sure that I'm giving back in some sort of way. Because I do find that that is actually really important to me and making sure that care is accessible. And yeah. also that's a big reason why I offer a sliding scale as well. But also like paying for your work too at the end of the day. Like Absolutely. you have the credentials yeah. and you do need to be paid for those credentials. Absolutely. Because not only am I act being active in session for an hour, hour and a half, whatever time frame that is. Um, I still have to do notes at the end of the day, which can take anywhere from 10 minutes to 30 minutes, depending on what we worked on, how many forms I have to fill out. Um, and then also, I am in debt <laughs> from grad school. Like, it, it doesn't have to be extremely expensive in order to become a therapist. Um, and at the same time, a lot of therapists, they we, we didn't have families who had, um, you know, the ability to pay for our educations, our ability or their ability to pay for all of our, you know, our resources and everything that we have to take advantage of. And I think that's amazing, but um, not but. And yeah, a lot of us, we, we owe some money. And so we do, we've got to get paid. <laughs> exactly. I think the idea, like you said earlier, is that people think that therapists get paid a lot um, and they make the big bucks. But at the same time, I have not ran into like a single therapist or anyone with credentials like yours that doesn't have quite a bit of debt from yeah. getting your master's. You are a hundred percent correct. The <laughs> only people I've ever met in my life who 
have my credentials and don't owe anything in student loans are often people who they have had the privilege of being able to rely on family or family has taken those student loans um, out in their names versus like the individual, which I think is amazing for people who have the ability to do that. Um, It's not my reality. (laughs) It was not my reality either. I have loans and I'm just waiting for uh, Mr. Biden to like get rid of some of them because I'm like, he needs to get going on this. Like my bachelor's was expensive enough. Okay. So I want to make sure we get through most of these questions. Um, so the next one is kind of a little personal. And and I do like this question because if I would have asked my parent if I like to go to therapy, I think my yeah. parent would have looked at me like I had three heads. So how do we ask parents for therapy when they are not as accepting of mental health? And this is honestly an amazing question because my primary age range is teens and young adults as it is. I also come from the mindset that like parents should pay for their child's therapy. That's like a whole other thing. I do think that's kind of a parent's responsibility, but nonetheless, um, what I would always encourage people to do first is research what therapy you are looking for. Are you looking for like a peer support group? Are you looking for individual therapy? Um, And kind of present it to your parent like, hey, I, I need somebody to talk to. Maybe I'm struggling with anxiety or depression or having difficulty concentrating, whatever it might be, and present it as a way of going, I I need somebody to talk to and I need some additional help outside of family. Mm-hmm. And kind of approach it in that type of way, especially if a parent is more hesitant into thinking, and I hate this, but it is a reality for a lot of people, where parents will think that mental health is not as important or it's not real. You're not really struggling with these things. Or I've heard that you're being, you're just being dramatic. And I'm like, no, sometimes we need somebody to talk to third party. That's not a parent or an aunt or an uncle or whatever it might be. Yeah. I think um, even, you know, not using some of those filler words like anxiety or depression, maybe just be, I really like how you framed it of like, I just need someone to talk to, for some additional support. And I think that um, there's like, you were talking about individual therapy versus like peer support groups. I like that idea. I feel like that could go over a lot easier for parents if you're like, I just want to be among my peers and finding support. Not only that, but then they are socializing. They're able to actually see that it might be 10 teens doing this. And then every week, maybe that's slowly changing, whatever it might be. And they go, oh, it's not just my kid. Maybe this is actually helpful. And a lot of times it also often comes from like a parent wanting their child to socialize and going, oh, maybe a peer support group could be, could be nice. Yeah, that's a good option. I like that. I like that you brought that up because I definitely think my parents, like I said, would look to me like I had three heads, which right now I do look like I have three heads with my um, space buns. Uh, I almost did space buns today. (laughs) We could have been twinsies. Um, I know. <laughs> so I think like that would be very helpful. Um, so kind of, I just want to bounce off that. What are some other options that teens could do besides just the individual therapy? Um, outside of individual therapy, uh, looking in your area for support groups, um, 
even virtual ones. That is something that I became very, very aware of during COVID. And of course, it all depends on your state, your law. So I would always encourage people to look that up prior. Mm -hmm. There are some states that you don't have to have parental consent in order to receive treatment. So if you are, say your state's law is anyone 15 and older does not have to have permission from a parent, you can actively seek those uh, resources out yourself. You don't have to go through your parent. And a lot of times kind of talking to that therapist about that, they can work out some sort of sliding scale or if that teen has a job, they can figure payment out that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I always recommend checking your state laws, checking the age of consent, um, support groups, virtual support groups in your area. And I know, I know school counselors get a lot of crap, um, but <laughs> they actually, they, they actually work in the school. So they're going to know a lot more about what is happening in school. Yeah. If they do have groups just at, at their campuses, whatever it might be. And they can actually give resources from the community that maybe they're aware of that for example, maybe I'm not aware of because may, I'm not working in a school. Um, so utilize your school counselors. They they know a lot more than the teens like to think. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times the misconception with that is like, I'm going to get in trouble. They're going to tell my parents right. and stuff. Um, so I, I definitely feel like, you know, what's that one TikTok trend when you noticed uh, that person that came into your classroom when you were in elementary school wasn't really just there to color with you. Yes. <laughs> they went, they saw that kid and went, I was that kid, by the way. So I'm going to practice joke. They go, oh, they weren't just there to have fun. They were there to like casually get some information on <laughs> <Yes>. you. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. <laughs> okay. So we might, this might have to go a little bit longer so we can get through all the questions, but I want to make sure I get through all the questions. So this is going to be one of my longest episodes. I'm excited. I'll try and talk faster too, just in case. No, it's okay. The, people are used to like listening to me talk and rant for hours and hours. Everyone who listens to this has talked to me, rant, like talked to me and listened to me rant for hours. So they, As can, they, should. they can deal with it. They can handle this. <laughs> um, so when did you know becoming a therapist was the right path for you? Oh, that's a good one. So... I would say, get like a little dark for a split second. I remember probably being in, it was either seventh or eighth grade. Um, and I had, I had seen like back to back news stories about uh, children uh, struggling with suicide. Am I allowed to say that word on the podcast? Yeah, you're good. Okay. I had seen individuals who had completed suicide on TV and everything like that. And that was, I always knew I wanted to do something in the helping field. I just didn't really know what direction. I kind of always thought social work. Um, and as I did my associate's degree, I was leaning a little bit more towards therapy versus social work. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of I played around with like the nonprofit. And I was like, I don't want to work for nonprofits. No. <laughs> nonprofits. If you have debt, no. <laughs> no. I have debt. I have student loans I have to pay. And I just went, oh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something different. Um, and then when I got my bachelor's, that was when I I dived headfirst into like more intensive psychology courses. Um, and then honestly, my 
all-time favorite professor. Her name is Anne Elliott, and she was one of my professors uh, in my associate's degree. And she just always pushed me, always. She was like, I see you being a therapist. I was like, I don't think so. And she went, okay, we'll see. Um, But she always pushed me. She was always very encouraging of it. And so after that, and I did my, uh, my bachelor's degree, I also went, damn, I can't do anything. (laughs) There's a wall. I'm not climbing it. People didn't talk about that. And I just went, (laughs) okay, I'm going to have to go back to school and either A, get a different bachelor's or B, I need to utilize the degrees I have and go on to my master's. Um, And so that's kind of, as, as I went on with school, I just leaned more towards becoming a therapist and I am now one just kind of always had the urge to help people this is like great for me because I have been like considering going back to school and I've been considering I'm like whether like I want to do a therapy route or something like that because I've been in the education world for so long so it's just kind of like ooh, I'm getting some ideas (laughs) some ideas to play around with figuring out you know maybe if you wanted to go back and get a different degree or if you wanted to kind of piggyback off of some of your other ones yeah I uh, my, I, I say this, like, if I could go back and redo my degree, I would have gotten a degree in business. It sounds so weird. I would have been with the frat bros and, uh, no. Not only that, one I, I often think about is like, dang, I really wish I did something with like coding or computers because it looks fun and everyone gets to work from home. I know, I know, I know. I finally like get to work from home in the education world, which is like crazy. I want to know how it, how you feel. How is it working from home? Oh my gosh. I'm cozy all the time. I Nobody can stress me out because I'm in my own home. Like, you can't right. stress me out. I'm in my own home. I don't have to get dressed. And everyone is super cool. Like, just cool vibes to them. So That's amazing. I don't know if I'm ready to give up the work from home for trying a different career. Work from home? Listen, I know it's not for everyone. People, they don't like it. And that's totally fine. I love it. I love it. You get to be cozy. You get just, everything's within grabbing distance, and yep. you're with your animals. So all day long, all day long, it's a win-win for it's everyone. Such a win-win. Okay, want to get back into the questions? I know everyone is also curious about my work from home life because everyone has been like, "What are you doing, shy?" Um, Update everybody. I don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> I work from home now in the education world. So, okay, so this is this is funny because. <laughs> I have said so many wild things to my own therapist. I'm in therapy, by the way. Like, therapy is, like, A1, day one. Like, my therapist, Michelle, she deserves a raise for everything I tell her. Um, so while still respecting confidentiality, because we know we have that as, as therapists, um, you have to have confidentiality, what is the wildest thing you've heard as a therapist? And I'm sure you've heard a lot of it. And is it always at the, a lot. Is it always at the last five minutes of the session, too? Always that we call it the doorknob confession where we will visibly, we see you looking at the clock. We see you kind of like glance and then we'll go, okay, we're like summarizing the appointment. We were talking about any homework or maybe something we'd like to see you work on or whatever it might be. And then we'll like see the little glance and we'll go, oh, okay. And then you'll just drop the bomb, which listen, I am also guilty of it. The amount of times I've done that to my own therapist and he'll be like, we don't, we have literally two minutes. We'll pick back up on that next week. Um, 
by next week. But if I had to like, actually, before I answer this, I would like to ask you, what is the wildest thing you've told your therapist? What is the wildest thing I've told my therapist? Oh my gosh. Wow. There's a lot. Um, truthfully, I don't, I don't want to say too much about my family because I, I know that they listen to this. Uh, but one time I told her that like the wrong parent died. Mm. I know that's really dark. That's a really grim thing to say. And it, it is the wildest thing I've ever said to her was I think that the wrong parent died for me. Right. Like my parent that I loved and cherished passed away to the wrong parent died. <laughs> right. So, no, no, honestly, the way, oh, I, I don't want to like say too much about my family either, but the way I can relate on a certain level to that statement. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. So the, yeah. I'm trying to think of the wildest thing. I think while still respecting confidentiality, I think, think a common one that I hear a lot more often than I would like is parents refusal to acknowledge their part and why their child is in therapy regardless of whatever age oh my god I think to me that's just the wildest thing is that they can be encouraging of their their teen or their young adult child or somebody in their 30s or 40s going to therapy and they just don't want to acknowledge any part that they had in someone's struggles. Like, that is mind-blowing to me. I just go, what? How? It's so hard for me to grasp. Um, I know that probably wasn't what this person thought the answer might be. It might have been something a little bit more Juicy. interesting. But I'm trying to, like, make sure I don't say anything explicit. What I said was juicy enough, to be honest. Like, Absolutely. to say the wrong parent died. Yeah, yeah. Your therapist goes, we're going to talk about that more. We're going to explore that a little bit more in your next session. Yep, yep. I, I think that we should we should have a little chitty chat about that one. Um, I To go off of, like, not taking accountability for, like, their actions, I actually have a story. I My uncle just got released out of prison recently. Um, thank, thank God he, he needs to be out. Um, he did his time and he took accountability for his actions. So he, you know, um, and I believe in rehabilitation, especially for those in prison. And so he just got out recently and, um, we were having a conversation and we were talking about his dad and his dad was really abusive and he was raised by my grandma and I was raised by my grandma, um, cause my grandma is his mom, clearly. Yeah. And we were talking about trauma and my, my grandma blamed all of the trauma on his dad. And I looked at him and I said, we were raised by the same mom. I know your trauma did not come just from your dad. And he looked at me and he was like, and we we looked back and forth and we were like, no. And he's just, do we say something? (laughs) Do we, do we, do we tell her we know? (laughs) Like. Isn't it isn't it wild to sit there and listen to an individual kind of express that and then half of your brain is like what? How do you not see this? And then the other half is like, wait, do they genuinely not see this? I are they yeah. not comprehending? 
like do you not see that like you aren't maybe the whole problem but you are a part of the problem absolutely and honestly it kind of goes back to taking accountability sometimes what we need regardless if it's personal life or if it's like work life or friends it's really nice to have someone take accountability for how they've impacted you and mm-hmm. not just write it off and be like, it wasn't me. I, I don't know. know what you're talking about. Like, who, who, who did all that trauma? So it was just funny because we, we both just were like, we know. <laughs> you don't I know. I picture the looks going, did, did we both hear what she just said? And, and then I was like, um, that's not right. And, and she knows I'm so loud and boisterous and I will call her out for things that she does. And it's just, it was so funny. It was, anyways, on to the next question. You both just sip your, your coffee and you go, okay. Yeah. It was, we'll that another time. I was like, I'll visit that in therapy. <laughs> I'll do that with, with Michelle. Michelle and I will have a conversation. And um, Love Michelle. Yes, we do. We, She's like, you're her favorite client, hands down. She, ha- I have to be, honestly. Absolutely. Like, we, we have such a special relationship. Um, so, so thankful for my therapist. I know she's not listening, but if she does at any point, I want her to hear this episode. I did. One of the fun things, on. you could be like, my therapy session, I'd like for you to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. You just have to listen to the episode for good. <laughs> okay, so you did already talk about how you became a therapist and what type of schooling you did. So we don't really have to answer that one. Um, I like this one because you can talk about being at like the teenage and then I can kind of talk about like how I set boundaries as an adult uh, with my parent. But is setting boundaries with parents okay? My mindset and my my personal and professional thoughts on that is absolutely. And we do have to take so many things into consideration with culture, with family dynamics, with family systems, everything like that. So definitely still taking all of that into consideration. I do believe that there are, regardless of how big or small those boundaries are, um, we definitely can, can set them and set them in ways where I know for a lot of people, when we first start setting boundaries, which I was also guilty of it, it, it was like, I took that and I, I ran with it. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, you, you have to do this. Like, I don't know what you mean. You have to do this or, or you, you don't get to see me or you don't get to talk to me or things like that. And I think kind of, that's honestly just kind of an experience of learning how to set boundaries and what they actually are, where you can still utilize that and go, oh, no, I, I can let my mom know, uh, for example, say you're 16, you can let your mom know that you you don't appreciate whenever she will be getting on to you and she starts yelling and maybe you start getting really frustrated and you go, I need to, I need to take a break. I need to take a five minute breather. I just need to walk away so that I don't start yelling at you because I know that once I do, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get my phone taken or my car, whatever it might be. Yeah. And go... In order for me not to do that, I need to remove myself from the situation. So that that boundary benefits you. And in the long run, it also benefits your parent because then your parent is starting to learn these things when maybe that wasn't something that was taught to them. Um, So I I fully believe that it is totally appropriate and it is healthy to set boundaries with every single person in your life. I think it's so hard to set boundaries with parents because parents sometimes are boundaryless. Um, yes. And they believe that they can just do everything and anything. They go, 
oh, you're my child. I get to do whatever I want. I get to say whatever I want. I and you. so, my ADHD brain going so fast. I saw a TikTok not too long ago, and I'll make this really, really brief. But it was of a woman, and she was like, I don't understand what it is with all of these millennial adults now cutting off their parents, blah, blah, blah. And I just went, girly, there's a reason. Because we we stopped these dynamics, and we set these boundaries. And when you don't respect them, we remove ourselves from those situations. Or say you have kids, you remove your kids from that situation and go, if you're not going to respect me and, and my boundaries with my family, then... We're removing ourselves completely, and that's not our fault. Nope. That is their fault for not being receptive or not respecting what you say. And it can literally be something as small as going, hey, do not comment on what I'm eating or don't comment on my body. And if you do, I'm not coming to Christmas anymore because it's not fun. And then they go, Ugh, you're, you're drama me. queen. <laughs> you're a drama queen. Why do you have to make things so dramatic? You're be- The dramatic. That is oh, the one thing I always hear. They're just being dramatic. Yeah. Can they just get through it? It's like, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want people to comment? I have the, right. and it's not a funny story. It is a is a very real story of how I set a boundary with my parent. Um, so mm-hmm. it was my birthday last year and I was in Chicago and my birthday falls on Father's Day and I do not have a father. Uh, my right. father is dead now. And so it is a hard time for me <laughs> just in general yeah. as we're Absolutely. navigating grief. And so, uh, she didn't wish me happy birthday until like a couple days later. What? Yeah. And her excuse is like, she was sleepy and she had a bunch of excuses for it. And not to dog her on this podcast at all, but she had a bunch of excuses and I didn't talk to her for two months. And when I did talk to her, this is how I set the boundary. I said, I no longer need a parent anymore. I am 24 years old. I do not need a parent, but I do need a friend if you want to be my friend. Right. And what was her response to that? She just was upset and she cried, but she understood what I meant by like, I just need a friend now. Um, I think she wants to always be in this parental figure and like be in control, but she'll, she can't do that anymore at 24 years old. Um, and I said, I haven't needed a parent since I was 18. Yeah. It, Cause it sounds like you, you were needing support, especially on a holiday mm-hmm. where instead of it at that time being filled with happiness or whatever it might've been and remembering that loved one, it was then filled with tons and tons of grief. And then also not having your only surviving parent at the time, not even addressing it. Not I'm telling you nothing. No. And you needed support. <laughs> we need support. And and I think that's a really good way of setting boundaries with your parents as an adult is saying, right. like, I don't necessarily need a parent anymore, but I do need a friend. And I think yep. a lot of adults or a lot of parents need to understand that once your kid becomes an adult, you're allowed to become their friend. Absolutely. Like, you can be there in ways that, and maybe you were not showing up as a teen because as a teen or as a kid, we need we need a little bit more structure. We we don't need a parent who is a friend. We don't need a parent who is incredibly lenient. Yeah. We we need a parental figure. And then when we get older, we are able to start taking care of ourselves. We realize the consequences of our actions. 
where we can have more friendly relationships where a parent's job isn't to like, I am going to say set astray, which I, uh, that's not even like what I think, but our parents no longer have to be the ones setting those rules mm-hmm. and outlining those consequences. Cause we now know that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that's a really good way of like just setting a boundary and Okay, so like I said, this is basically like a three-part series, so (laughs) join in (laughs) on the third part. We're going to finish up these questions. Uh, So we just talked about talking about boundaries and setting boundaries with parents. Anything more you want to add to that at all? Um, No, I don't think so. Okay, so (laughs) this is funny because we... (laughs) We were, I like some of these questions because they were relevant to the podcast, but also not relevant to the podcast at all, which is just funny because uh, people just have questions for you in general. Uh, and then I'll open it up to see if maybe you have questions for me. I don't know. Yeah, We'll see about absolutely. that. So <clears throat> what is your current fave show? Tell us, what is the 411? What's the update? Listen, take a wild guess. What do you think my favorite show right now is? There's so much going on though right now. Is it is it like The Last of Us? Is it like Holy. I I played the games. I played game one and I played game two. And this show has me wrapped around its little pinky. I have rewatched the episodes three times. I can't stop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am like sipping my water just crazy. Like what? <laughs> oh we ha- we actually have the same cup. We do. Mine has boots on it. Look at the little boots. Oh my gosh. Stop. I have so many stickers. I should put some on mine. You should. Wait, yours is pink. Yeah, it is. It's pink. Oh, mine's the tan. I like the pink. I don't need another cup. I'm a pink girly. I have two of them and I've decided no more because consumerism is bad and I know it. I know. I have two. I have a black one and then I have this one and I'm like, I like how this one feels. Now I want another, but I don't, we don't need it. We We don't. don't need it. No, but yes, it is The Last of Us. I am fully obsessed with it. I had to take that guess. I have not watched, don't know anything about it, like, at all. Why? Because you, season four, just came out, and my partner has to watch all of you. So what have we been watching for the last, like, week and a half? You. That's it. Honestly, I'm not mad at that. You is still, it's still really good. I'm only on episode two or three of the new season. Because The Last of Us came out and I went, <laughs> now I'm hyper fixated <laughs> on it and I can't stop watching it. I think, like, Penn, like, is it Penn Badgley? I think that's how, that's his like, yes. name. Um, he just, the way he talks about the show, he's like, he really so fully smart. grasps it. He not only grasps the show, but the way he psychoanalyzes people and goes, this was designed for you to be attracted to this like serial killer and going, but you shouldn't be like, let's break it down into going like, why Why? do you find him attractive? And I'm like, Ben, can you chill? (laughs) He's like, let's get into it. Let's what therapist do you need to see? Because you like this show. Uh, Like creates a quiz. Find, find your perfect therapist based (laughs) on why you like you. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I wish that they they did have something like that for like certain shows. Like why do you like this show and like how to find a therapist for that? Um, but you is so good. My partner is on season three. I think season two is like the wildest season for some reason. It is insane. But season but three. But in all of the best ways. 
season three just like really ties it together everyone is really mad about season four because it's not as good and it's it's been slow why do people say it's not good um because I think that they're looking for like more sexy scenes and stuff Mm. because like that's what he's done before in the past and then he did an interview and he was like I'm not gonna do sexy scenes anymore because it's not right to my wife yeah so honestly I respect it I saw that interview and I'm, I'm only a couple of episodes in so I don't know like fully what's happening with it but I figured since he did do that interview and it came out around the time that you was like premiering I figured there was a correlation so people are like kind of mad that the the steamy type scenes are not as prevalent in this season yeah they also so. say that like his lover in this season because I'm not gonna give it away um the lover <laughs> in this season like apparently is like the worst of them all but like uh what is the actress's name for love I can't remember her name she, she's beautiful. Victoria. Victoria. Yes. She's yes. beautiful. She's phenomenal. Like, everything about her is just absolutely, it's I love. Her. Like, if I looked like her or anything, I would just be in a good place. <laughs> You're just living life. <laughs> I would be. Side note, because I've not finished this new season, I'm going to be genuinely upset if she does not make an appearance because I have in my mind that she has not died. I am, I've convinced myself she's still alive, and I'm gonna just I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> she Dude, really is gone. They always wild out in the last couple episodes, though, so we have to wait for the last couple episodes. I'm putting it out there, even though I know it's already recorded or taped, whatever they've already got it going. I'm like, it's out there. She's coming back. She Love is. is gonna take because this is the last season, right? I think so. I hope so. Gonna get her own revenge. She has to. I think it's there's some science behind the fact that he didn't love her anymore after she recognized herself as a serial killer. Sorry for spoilers for anyone who like hasn't watched it, but like (laughs) there has that's a therapy moment in itself. Holy and the way his character literally saw a spitting image of himself (laughs) and was disgusted, and then he went, Oh my god, no. He's like, that's gross. That's gross. That's horrible as he just, like, murdered. I've lost count of how many people. He's <laughs> crazy. Uh, okay, so that's that's what we're currently watching, too. I had to join in on that question. Absolutely. But, um, so this is some questions that I got from other people. So what are ways to improve mental clarity? And as we are always human beings and we are in this self-help journey, what are some goal setting things? Like, how do we do that? So the, honestly, this is a, another really great question. My, my brain goes to mindfulness because, and I know a lot of people crap on mindfulness um, because sometimes it's not helpful. It really depends on the person. Um, for me, I think mindfulness, we can take that and we can, we can make it work for individuals based on their specific needs where say deep breathing is not your thing. It might be really helpful for 12 people and maybe for 15 others. It just makes them more panicky or more anxious, right? Mindfulness is about you. It's about what feels good for you. Um, So say that is playing a video game for 20 minutes and setting that timer and going, 
I'm using this as a mindfulness technique where I'm not going to have to sit here and think about these things. I can kind of check out. I can have some Mm -hmm. time alone. Do that if that feels good and you need to set those reminders or those timers so that you don't end up doom scrolling or you don't end up playing a video game for 12 hours if that's not like what you want to do. Definitely like within reason for each and every person or if meditation or deep breathing and literally sitting with your thoughts and your body, if that feels good for you, do it. Utilize that for 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in your afternoon, 15 minutes at night. And I always tell people start out small and work your way up so that you don't feel like you're failing. If you were like, oh, well, I didn't do this for an hour a day, mm-hmm. every single day. I'm like, how about a break that down smaller, which kind of goes with the the goal settings. Um, say your overall, your overall goal is to get to do 30 minutes of meditation five days out of your week, right? Mm-hmm. Start with five minutes for a week start and then the next week go okay and now i'm yep. gonna do 10 minutes two days out of my week have your overall goal there and then have smaller ones as you meet you're meeting your bigger goal so it feels less intimidating and you don't get burnt out and you don't feel like you're failing if you skip a day or something like that yeah i i think um also the idea of like meditation people are always like i think it's just sitting down and being quiet and it's like meditation can be so many other versions of stuff um it's just that mindfulness moment that that you have with yourself uh I think like you can find that in like walking like that's a really active mindful moment um you know you have to really make sure like you're not doom scrolling or something because I think it's so easy to start doom scrolling when you're like I'm gonna take a second on tiktok but I, I don't feel like TikTok is the right way to like be like to be in mindfulness because you're right. being you're consuming content and other people's lives and stuff. I think like the video games yeah. one is a really good example of like that's how you can be mindful, a puzzle, whatever it is. So I love puzzles. Things. Those are my favorite. <laughs> we just, I have one outside of the store. <laughs> <laughs> we just did one that we have to like frame and it's his my partner's mom is like the best woman on this planet like I wish wish she was my mom but she gets to be my mom for the rest of my life now um yes she she, she's my mom now um and she got us this cute puzzle and uh it has a picture of two pictures of my dog and then a picture of us, and it's so cute. She got it off. Of, <laughs> she got it off of like some website. I think she probably saw on TikTok because she's on TikTok too. And That's so thoughtful. It was so thoughtful. Like when we opened it up, it was it was really cute because um I think that was the present that she said for, was from Winnie, which is my dog's name. So she was like, "This is from Aww. Winnie." <laughs> that literally want to cry. That is not only so sweet, but so thoughtful. And the fact that it was like your picture. She's so healing to like oh, my mommy issues. And be, I'm be honest, she's so healing to the mommy she issues. Said, Thank you. It's slowly, it's slowly helping. <laughs> it's it's getting a little bit better. <laughs> um, but I like the mindfulness moments of like puzzling. Um, I love this trend of hot girl walks, like whatever you want to call them. Yeah, like, hot girl walks, such a good mindful moment. Uh, it's ironic that you say that because something I was thinking about a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had the thought of going 
everybody keeps calling cleaning like your Sunday reset or your Monday reset. And I had the thought, I'm like, why, wait, why did we rename it? And then I thought about it for a couple of minutes and I went, actually, this is kind of nice because having the reset word instead of cleaning kind of takes away the pressure. Yeah. And that makes it a little bit more fun. And my ADHD brain, I love when things actually sound fun and it doesn't sound like work. And I'm like, this is kind of (laughs) nice. That's why I love the hot girl walk. That's why I'm like, I'm going to go on some hot girl walk. And I try to call like exercise movements and stuff, like making it fun and, and things like that. Um, I got a stroller for my cat. So on my hot girl, I have my dog and then I have my cats in the stroller, all three of them. I love it. And we're having, we're having fun. I love it. I know another creator who has like a stroller. Um, Like her name is like Shelby Sacco. You don't oh. follow her. She has some like really good habits and stuff. She talks about habit tracking and she has the stroller for her cats too. She's okay, obsessed. I need you to send me her TikTok or Instagram, whatever it is, because I need to follow her because my stroller's off in the corner. Um, but the way I 100% take my cats out, like, all the time. And <laughs> they does. love it. I, I love that. Oh, my gosh. My dog is not, like, she, she's not an exercise girl. Like, she's not at all. She'll drag you when you walk, which is my own fault. Um, but she's not an exercise girl because she is, like, dying within, like, 10 minutes of your walk. I have an English bulldog. Um, she's, she's a little old lady now, but she's the same way. And so she gets her turn in the stroller because her hips start hurting and her legs or like her knees will get like kind of stiff and she'll wobble. And I'm like, okay, A, I'm either going to hold you or B, let's like put you in the stroller. So she still gets her hot girl walk, but she's she's rolling instead of walking. I love it. Okay. So the last question, and then I'll open it up if you have any questions for me too, because um, yeah. you know, as you know, if you have any, um, yeah. I like this one because I had a therapist before my therapist who I didn't think was necessarily like a good match for me. Like I was with her for a little while, and yeah. I did have some troubles like finding therapy like in college. So I utilized free therapy in college. Which, if you are in college right now, please utilize the free therapy in college. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> it's free. It's accessible. Start working on your shit right then and there, okay? Take advantage of it. Um, And so I kind of bounced from therapist to therapist, and I finally found Michelle, who is my match. So how do you find a good match? I always recommend if you're starting out, you've never seen a therapist before, use, use psychology today. And I have a couple yes. of tips with trying to navigate that. Um. Look up therapists who are specializing or who do specialize in what you are seeking therapy for. So say it's anxiety and it's ADHD, right? Go on there, search for a therapist in your area or a therapist uh, who's virtual if they're out of state, who A, accepts your insurance and who is licensed in your state and look up anxiety and ADHD. I, a therapist like red flag to me is if I click on a therapist psychology today, like if I'm looking for a referral for someone and ADHD and anxiety or what they're seeking, but then they have like 150 other things listed. I go, I don't like that. I don't like it. I'm like, let's narrow that down. You should have a couple of things that you actively work on, have a handful of different therapies that you, you utilize, whatever it might be. So I always say, if you go on and you see that that person has like 500 things listed, 
maybe they are not the best because they're claiming that they're not the like therapy or therapist is not the best, but maybe that's not the greatest fit for you because you cannot really tell if that's something that they actively work with a lot more often than not. Um, So definitely play around with the different therapists in your area, utilize the search bar and narrow it down that way. And also word of mouth, if you have family members or friends who say they see a therapist out of practice um, and you kind of want to not be with the same therapist, because obviously ethical issues with that, but if maybe you want to start searching in that general area, or maybe Mm -hmm. if they have recommendations, something along those lines, like word of mouth goes a long way. So if I ever have somebody who say they have a friend and their friend is wanting to seek therapy, so since I'm already seeing that individual and I don't work in a small town, um, I, I will, I have like a handful of therapists like off the top of my head, um, that I work with a lot, honestly, a lot more often than not. And I'll pass those resources along and kind of give some information, um, which takes five minutes out of my day. It's not something that I mind doing. So use word of mouth. And also, do not be afraid to terminate with your therapist. If you see a therapist and you are not feeling it, you're not getting what you need, you vocalize maybe you need to be pushed more, maybe you need a little bit more time before opening up with certain things, tell that therapist. And if that therapist is not respecting it or maybe you're not feeling it, vocalize that and say, I think I want to see somebody else. Do you have any additional resources? Do you have any other like referrals Mm -hmm. um, based on your needs? Like you will not hurt our feelings because if it's not a good fit, like we would like to know that so that we can help find someone who is going to be a better fit. Um, for my listeners, are you able to do out of state? So clearly I'm in a different state than you. Are you able to do out of state? Currently, I cannot. But when when I apply for my full license in a few weeks, and as long as everything goes according to plan, it gets approved, everything's good to go. Um, there was a law recently passed uh, last year, I believe, and I'm blanking on the name of the law, but it pretty much states that a handful of states have gotten together and have this pact where if you are licensed in North Carolina and you want to offer telehealth services in like 20 other states that are also part of this this pact or whatever Mm -hmm. um you don't have to get individually licensed anymore you can just contact that board and you can get approval um obviously insurance and everything you need to make sure that is good to go um but with that new law which is incredibly amazing and it's taken way too long to get this going (laughs) um once that law comes into effect with being with me being fully licensed i fully plan on expanding um my practice virtually to a good handful of other states. But that might not be until probably October. Okay. Okay. I just want, cause you are obviously super cool, super dope. Um, and I know people are going to be like, I want this to be my therapist. <laughs> Listen, I wish that my therapist looked like you too. I wish my oh, therapist yeah. acted like I, you, but yeah. Michelle is like a 40 year old woman who tells me <laughs> how it is. <laughs> and I One need that. My, my favorite things is, when someone didn't look me up, so they have no idea what I look like, and then they, I, I go get them in the waiting room, they go, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I come in with, like, my freaking six-inch platforms. I'm like, hi. How are you? You want to go <laughs> You good? You ready? Here we go. Tattoos are okay. Come on back. <laughs> um, so I'll just, 
actually asked one last question. What do you specifically specialize? I don't think we really got into that. So I, I work primarily with ADHD, um, autism and anxiety and trauma, which I focus heavily on ADHD and autism. That is the biggest thing that I work on. And then trauma kind of goes hand in hand because what I find that I'm often working with is individuals experiencing trauma related to masking their um, autistic traits, their ADHD traits, and figuring out how to unlearn that and not have to remove parts of themselves to quote unquote, like fit in in society or fit in Mm -hmm. in the workplace and things like that. There is intense trauma that comes along with that. So those are the main things that I work with. And anxiety, that's that's kind of just been something I've worked with since, um, honestly, grad school. And I've been in the mental health field a little over 10 years now, maybe not with therapy in particular, but definitely with mental health-like organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is just naturally something that I am a lot more educated in than other things. So that's kind of there, but my biggest thing is ADHD and autism related to trauma. I, as someone who has ADHD, uh, masking, I think is, I think because I got diagnosed last year, I think I dropped my mask. Um, and so I've been trying to relearn like life with masking. So the number one question that I get from people because I'm diagnosed is who do I go to to get diagnosed? And then what do I do after I get diagnosed? So to all my listeners who are like, I have ADHD, once my Leslie friend here opens up, maybe she might be able to open up for some um, Indiana people. But I have a lot of listeners all over United States. So I could see um, the person who asked this too in specific isn't in my state. Um, so I, I could see some somebody hitting you up and I hope they do. I love that. I hope they do too. I hope they do. One, get that bag. Um, And then two, uh, I think that you guys would honestly really love um, having someone who is younger and and looks like you and, you know, absolutely and stuff. So um, I wish that my listeners could see you. Um, (laughs) I wish too. (laughs) I wish they could see you, but this is not a YouTube podcast, so they cannot see you. Uh, but as always, you know, follow socials and stuff like that. So we're going to round this out with, does, do you have any questions for me? Um, as things have popped up, um, and then we'll, we'll round out the episode. I think a good question I have for you, um, since you have, uh, verbalized that you have been in therapy and you've seen like previous therapists before your current one. What is something you wish you knew prior to starting therapy that maybe could be helpful for other individuals getting ready to start that journey? Something that I wish I knew prior, uh, one, you had utilized psychology today. So I wish that people knew that they could utilize psychology today because it's um, how I found my therapist and how I like started to look for therapists. I think the other thing that I would say is that... um, making progress is also just talking about your day. So like, it's just talking about your day or your week. Because sometimes you find that like, through talking about things there, they actually are tied to traumatic events that happened like in your childhood or something like that. Like, I realized that I have a not the victim complex, but I realized that um, I don't like the victim complex. And I'm very heavily like, judgy towards people who are bad people. 
like, I don't know how to describe it, a sense of justice. I have a sense of justice, and that's very common for those who have ADHD and autism to have a sense of justice that's very strong um, that I've learned. And I didn't know that that was really tied to my childhood, but it was also tied to my day-to-day Absolutely. And I honestly, I adore the fact that you said that because that is something that I try to remind people of, especially when they they come to therapy and they say things along the lines of, I just feel like I don't really have anything to talk about or maybe I, I don't. I feel like I'm wasting your time and things like that. And in reality, individuals' day-to-day lives are so crucial to what they're experiencing and it might not be immediately... Um, Oh, it's the word I'm looking for, like immediately connecting the dots in, in your head that maybe this is important. And for us therapists, we do, we utilize all of these things that are going on in your life, not just the immediate like traumatic events that yeah. maybe are wanting to be addressed, but honestly, how you're coping on a day-to-day basis. So I love that you said that because I really wish more people realized that. Yeah, like just complaining about your day, like is, it, it really goes a long way. It is nice to just complain about your day sometimes <laughs> and have like, a third party. Like, that is nice to just sit and complain because I find a lot of times that when we're talking in therapy, like I'm just talking about like my weekly issues and we're not really right. like getting into like childhood stuff, but I realize it's always tied to something from my childhood. Right. Absolutely. Okay. I so that. I answered that question. Do you have more questions? What is your current favorite tv show and or book my current favorite tv show i know you're re-watching you yeah so I, i'm re-watching you um we watch how to get away with murder and i like that but i'm loving abbott elementary school that show is so funny it's so it's funny hilarious like i think it's quinita is her name i think that's how you pronounce yes. her just hilarious it's so good that show is so underrated I really wish I saw more people talking about it because it's so freaking funny and accurate (laughs) well yeah because I I taught for a whole year so let me tell you teaching was brutal and it is exactly how they describe it like the education system that that is it I had to stop watching it when I was teaching because I got so sad because that's literally what I would experience every day (laughs) <laughs> it was like sucking the fun out of the it, tv show it was it was break it was like i need a break this is what i deal with every single day i cannot do this um but abbott elementary is super funny quinita is like literally it's she's amazing. me as a teacher like she was me as a teacher um the anxiety that I had riddled every single day I talked too much all the time um it's so funny so I definitely suggest if you're looking for like something funny that's just like a break out of elementary school like it is so funny I cannot believe it and in the principal like (laughs) the the accuracy and which they portray the principal is absolutely mind-blowing because you go and this is hitting a little too close to home. <laughs> this Zimbal's principle is a little too much sometimes. <laughs> I've had that principle. I definitely have that principle. I've had that teacher, and you just, it's so funny. Um, I also like that they talk about a lot of, like, problems that are happening. Like, uh, mm-hmm. they just did an episode about Black, Black History Month and having a white teacher teach Black History Month. 
Right. Um, and she went in and she herself as a black woman learned things from this white teacher. And I thought that was really interesting because um, it often we get caught up into the, into the politicals and stuff. And he was really honoring Black History Month in a really good way. And I liked yeah. that they talked about he wasn't just doing Black History Month. Every single day he was celebrating Black authors, Black writers, like all of that. Well, I adore that. I mean, I'm a little behind, so I need to catch up. I don't yeah. think I've seen the last couple of episodes that um, have aired, so I'm a little behind. But I adore that so much. I liked it. I it was really good. Um, it was a good episode, and like for me, when I was teaching, I honored every culture, race, identity in my classroom. And I made it a day to day, like not just celebrating Black History Month, we celebrated Black History Month all year long. Like most of my students, (laughs) most of my students uh, were of like, you know, Black, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, it starts with a B. Um, Oh, I cannot think of it right now. Um, So most of my students were, you know, Black, black and white they were like all different um you know identities coming into play so I was always celebrating every single identity in the classroom like I had the one student that came in and was like hey we're dealing with um like this thing going on like this holiday is coming up so I remember distinctly like we talked about that holiday like what was that holiday about you know, yeah. why should we celebrate that holiday? Why do different cultures celebrate that holiday? Um, so it was just really nice that, like, for me, it hit home because I was like, yeah, I celebrate those identities, too, as a teacher. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. And also the inclusivity and making sure that, honestly, so many people feel represented in a classroom setting, even if it's... Um, TV shows that y'all are watching or movies that are being shown or, or books that are being read in the classroom, just making sure people feel represented. Yep. Absolutely. absolutely. And and we did that. And so like, I, that's why I like Abbott elementary. That's okay. So good. Uh, so I love that. Okay, I need to get re-caught back up on that. And you, yes. the last of us still has its grip on me, but <laughs> Okay, so we have um, just a couple more minutes left, so I don't want to make this too long. Um, Do you have any more questions? And then lastly, we have to ask you, do you like Harry Styles? Uh, That question was absolutely, hands down, my favorite because, yes, I literally, I'm going to tell this brief story, and I will keep it short, but I somehow, by the grace of whatever is out there, managed to get a pit ticket two years ago I was like I could I could have touched him and I was like oh he's beautiful it was amazing he was so gorgeous um but a really funny story paired with that was uh on my TikTok I've shared like a, a picture with these massive pink platforms that have flowers all over them they're in a couple of my TikToks but those were the shoes that I wore to the Harry Styles concert why? Because I was standing in the pit the entire time. I don't know. It was a great <laughs> idea. But I had to break them in, and I broke them in at work. Watching <laughs> <laughs> these massive pink flower Barbie type platforms, and it. parents and people in the lobby. Every time I would go to get a cl- go get a client, they'd be like, "What are those?" And I'm like, "What do they look like? They are platform boots." Okay, I love and it. They had to be broken in, regardless. So. <laughs> I took one for the team and I just did it at work. 
So you do like Harry Styles. I his song Matilda hits too too close to home. Too um, close. He had no right. <laughs> like, why did you write about my experience? Um, so that's funny that someone asked. Maybe me that's that. why I have an obsession with The Last of Us because it just resembles really a relationship that a lot of us go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. That's tough. Thanks for well, not wound. That's tough. When you become hyper aware and you're starting to watch like TV shows and stuff, you're like, ah, that's tough. That's you're mean. like, damn. That's kind tough. of like the fun is sucked out of it just a little bit, but then we just keep watching it because we're like, hmm, yeah. okay. You're like, this is this is me. Okay, yeah. so we have just a couple more minutes. Do you have any other questions, or are we ready to round this out? I think we can round this out. Okay. So I just want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, this was probably one of my favorite episodes now that I've done. And I say that like every episode. So like, uh, but having a guest on my podcast is new. It's wild. I feel, I, I don't even know. I feel all sorts of feelings about it. Um, but having someone so sweet and so nice on my podcast is, is just amazing. So I, I thank you so much for your time. I seriously like uh answering those questions and hyping it up and all of that uh I met you through TikTok and I'm glad to TikTok connected us just randomly I remember following you and being like like 20,000 followers I'm not gonna get a follow back and the next thing I know spooky followed you back and I'm like everybody and I'm like I like this perfect I yeah I remember seeing my on my timeline and I was like these are such funny videos um, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I, this was my very first interview that I've ever done at first podcast I've ever been on. And it was so fun. Good. It was nice. Good. Well, um, thank you for listening. And if you want me to invite Katie back, I totally can at some point. Um, just let me know how you guys think about this episode. And if you have any other lingering questions, maybe we can do, this is the third part of it, but maybe we can do a whole new episode on it. Um, so, parts. yeah, there'll, there'll just be 30 parts to this. Uh, it'll be, it'll be like another season of you. Um, but thank That's you all for listening. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day.